I know this isn't going to come as an utter shock to you, but it is true. <clears throat> I have feelings. I do. I have my own feelings. I have my own emotions. I also have, um, I have some opinions. I have my own opinions, and they may not be the same as your opinions. And I also have some ideas, unique ideas, ideas that maybe you've never had before. And I know that may come as a shock to some of you, but that's exactly what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast, and I know it seems like a strange thing to announce that I have feelings, and I have not only my own emotions, but I have that swirl of emotions of everybody around me, because like I've said before, the only thing more contagious than a common cold is an attitude. And when you think about how emotions fit with attitude, well, they're 50% of the equation. Thought, plus how you feel about that thought, that, that's your attitude. But see, I also have my own opinions. I have these preconceived notions and these, my own conscious biases and unconscious biases, my own belief system that create these opinions that I have about something that I may or may not be informed about. Uh, but then I also have my own ideas. And these ideas are, maybe they're new thoughts. Maybe they're old thoughts. Maybe they're an amalgamation of thoughts that I've heard from other people and suddenly I put them all together. Some of them complete and some of them incomplete, but I own them. They're mine. And even if they're stupid, they're mine. Even if they're bad, they're mine. And I'm going to defend them because they're mine. Not because they're good or because they're right, but because they're mine. And if you think I'm only talking about me, then you're a little bit delusional. See, the reality is everybody on your team, everyone that you lead, every human that you influence has their own emotions, they have their own opinions, and they have their own ideas. It's fascinating to me when I watch things like uh, the man on the street interviews, and somebody goes out with a microphone, and they're like, say, what did you think of the speech like tonight? Oh, yeah, I thought it was awesome. And they're ready to walk away, and you're like, um, what speech did you watch last night? Uh, well, I didn't really watch one, but, you know, I wouldn't want to say something negative about something I didn't hear. Well, so you don't even know what speech I'm talking about, but you have an opinion on it. That's a fascinating concept. And yet, we have people who have opinions about everything from the flavor of the coffee that we drink to whether or not it has cream and sweetener in it. Because, well, they have an opinion. Not that it's a good one or a bad one, it's just an opinion. And if you ever cross someone's opinion with your opinion, as a leader, it seems like you're a bully because, well, as the leader, your opinion carries more weight, right? But emotions start getting in there really fast, and sometimes flared-up emotions will override opinions. Sometimes flared-up emotions, well, they really are the, the definition of somebody's opinion as it's expressed. They can't share their opinion without being angry about it. They can't share their opinion without their feelings being hurt first. They don't have anything to say until you've already emotionally wounded them. See, the challenge when you're a leader is that because your opinion carries weight, because your ideas are assumed to be first, I love the way Simon Sinek says, if you'll listen before you share your idea, chances are you're going to hear that other people hold a very similar idea. You're also going to hear that there are people in the room who are willing to share an idea that may be completely off the wall from what you're already thinking. And if you'd shared your ideas first, they would have thought of their own idea as a dumb idea and they would have never shared it. 
when we lead, we have to be able to suppress our own emotions for a moment. Suppress our own opinions for a moment, kind of hold them down and keep them to ourselves, and even silently hold our own ideas. Not because they're not valid, not because they're not important, not because everybody in the room doesn't want to hear them, because most of the time, the reason you're in an influential position of leadership is because you've had ideas and opinions in the past that made a huge difference, and they made the quality of people's lives better. That's a good thing. That's why you do what you do. But if yours is the only opinion that's carried forth, well, you might be a dictator. If yours is the only idea that's valid, again, you might be a dictator. If you can learn instead as a leader to validate the opinions, the ideas, and the emotions of others, you're going to find you have a much deeper bond with the people that you're talking to, a much deeper bond with the people that you're influencing and the people that you lead. If, on the other hand, everything that you have to say about your opinions, your ideas is oriented around your opinions and your ideas. There is no opinion that's valid that's not yours. There's no opportunity for somebody to share something that, that you didn't come up with. Well, then you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt because it's nothing more than an echo chamber. And there's nothing new to be learned in an echo chamber. Not only that, but also, if you haven't noticed yet, we do find ourselves in a different day when it comes to the people that we lead. I find that the younger generation, younger than myself, I have both kids and grandkids, so I live in a world with two generations besides myself. And in that world, I realize that emotions are at a heightened level compared to where they were when I was a kid. We were told as young people, and when I say kid, I mean from the time I was old enough to hear and understand it until I get, went off to basic training. Children should be seen and not heard. You do your thing. You do what you're supposed to do. You pay attention to what's going on around you. But you need, to, you need to pretty much stay out of this. It's not your world. You're not in charge of it yet. That doesn't sit so well today. Young people have technological devices at the ready. They can pull up the information they want in a heartbeat. They don't necessarily look to their elders as wiser. In addition to that, they've been taught... And I, I say this in the broadest sense of the term. They've been taught by the way that they've been treated by their elders, by the way that they've been instructed in their educational courses, by the way that society and social media have groomed them. They've been taught emotions are key. Emotions, in fact, are the most important thing. Emotions should drive everything. If you just watch the news cycle, you watch our mainstream media, you watch our television programming, you watch our TikTok videos, Everything is about playing to the emotions. There's a little twist and a little pry and a little tug and a little pull, a little squeeze on everyone's emotions to make sure that what well, we have you kind of doing what we want you to do. Sensitized to certain things and desensitized to others. The challenge as a leader is when you realize that your reference point for leading emotionally and the reference point for those you lead is completely different. You might put emotion, opinion, and ideas on an even keel. You might even say ideas are more important, opinions we can discuss, but your emotions, those are yours, keep them to yourself. That's not the way the next two generations think. Get around a 10-year-old for a while and you're going to realize 85% of the decisions they make are emotionally based. And I don't mean like we used to say in sales, people buy emotionally and then rationalize later. I mean emotionally only.
There is no rationalization to it later. Everything is emotionally driven. You may think I'm speaking hyperbolically. I'm telling you, go dig into this. Watch the way young people act today from 5 to 25 years old. And you're going to see a lot of the decisions are made almost strictly emotionally. The opinions, the ideas, they're kind of isolated. Even among what we would be considered to be the educated. These people that we're asking on the streets, what do you think of the speech last night? These are college students and they don't know that there was a state of the union. These are college students and they don't understand that we have a world war on the verge right now. They don't know what's going on on another planet. We have people who in the same sentence can talk about Ukraine and Iran as if they were the same country. That's a problem. But when ideas and opinions are pushed so far down because the emotion is the primary driving factor, then you as a leader need to understand it's not about the information. It's not about the education or the level of education. They may have two or three MS degrees behind their name. But it's about the emotion. That's how they decide. As a leader, you've got to be aware of that and you've got to be willing to accommodate that. Now, when I say accommodate, one of the challenges we have in accommodating emotions is that it's so easy to get wrapped up in somebody else's feelings and we don't realize that feelings are like the wind of the waves. They will change on a dime. Feelings, emotions, can be driven to a high and a low in the same sentence. Do you think I'm kidding? I've raised two girls. I've been around many more than that. Two biologically, uh, five or six that have been in and out of our lives since they were 14 or 15 years old. And I can tell you, there's a season in their life that in the same sentence, you could experience all four seasons of emotion, just like we do in Texas weather. All emotions can be in one single sentence when you're a young woman encountering life that way. And today we see a lot more young men who are not like the stoic men that my father and my grandfather were. They're, they're not the kind of guys that will push their emotions down and press through like you might see somebody like an Alan West. You don't see a whole lot of emotion with a guy like that. But some of the people that we see in leadership today are just as likely to, to stand in front of the podium and cry as they are to stand in front of the podium and, and pound the podium. Uh, that's a little different reaction. And again, it's a generational change that we're seeing the way we interact with emotions. If you as a leader accommodate those emotions by allowing people to express them and experience them and validate those emotions, then you give them space to be themselves. But like an animal who's panicked, who feels like they're about to be abused, and it doesn't matter if you're talking about a cat or a dog or a horse or, or even a bull, when you get them in a corner, or even a tiger, if you get them in a corner, they're liable to tear you apart. If you don't give them space to express their emotions, it's going to be a disastrous thing. Just understand that every person you lead, every person you deal with, team member or customer, they have their own emotions, they have their own opinions, and they have their own ideas. And don't assume that just because you are the leader, your ideas will be the most powerful, the most prominent, or the most important. They may not be. And it may not be your opinion that drives the day. And your emotions may become irrelevant when you realize how many other emotions are in the room and how heightened they are. You as the leader are going to have to learn to deal with that. Accommodate them by giving them space. That doesn't mean to bow down to the emotions because trust me, emotions are fickle. They will do anything to get their way. Emotions. I'm not talking about people, but they do seem to follow suit. Emotions will drive the day if you let them. They will take over everything. 
you got to keep your opinion strong. you got to keep your ideas strong, but make sure they're educated. Make sure you don't just hold an opinion well because you should. Have an opinion that's based on some really good facts as well. Do some homework. But I suggest that you dig into some things like strength finders and disc personality assessments and things of that nature so you have a better idea who the people on your team are. And yet still, give room for emotion. Give room for ideas and give room for opinion. Otherwise, you won't find yourself leading long. You'll find yourself sitting in a corner of a round room screaming at the top of your lungs. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell All I Get Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.